Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode number 54 of the Daily Run Through Galatians. As we make our way through the book of Galatians, we are in chapter 6. And today, today, yes, we're taking on, we're taking on a verse that pastors almost never preach on. In fact, pastors even that are teaching verse by verse through the Bible, when they get to the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, they often just read this one and go right on to verse 7. Now, if you don't have your Bible up in front of you, you might be thinking to yourself, what? What could this verse say? What horrible thing, what difficult teaching might it have that would cause pastors to avoid teaching on it? Well, I'm going to read it, and you'll know. It says this. It says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. I'm going to read that again. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, maybe now you will think, oh, I can see why that might be uncomfortable for a pastor to teach, right? Here you are teaching your congregation, proclaiming to them what God's word says. And you come to a verse that says, hey, all of you that are listening to my teaching, you should be sharing with me all the good things, you know, share, share in all good things. You know, there's, um, financial support. There's whatever you're blessed with, you know, for many teachers, you know what the greatest blessing is? It's not the financial support. The greatest blessing is the feedback. The greatest blessing is when you come later and you say, thank you for what you shared two weeks ago. It has changed my life or thank you for for well, just from my own personal experience, I had somebody come to me one time who was an older gentleman who had become a Christian later in life and uh, came to me after uh, a time where we were doing a, an evening service at the church. And we decided since as uh, the evening service got smaller and smaller to the point where smaller and smaller was finally just he and I, or is it me and him? Me and him. Um, it was it was just it was just me and him, and um, and I said to him, "Hey, what if we, what if we stop doing the evening service and instead we do like a Sunday school class in Sunday morning?" And he said to me, "He goes, Mike, it doesn't matter to me as long as you keep doing it." He said, "I'm," he goes, "I'm finally getting it. I, I'm I'm understanding how you're explaining it. It's making sense to me." And that was such a great thing that he said that it was such a blessing that he was, that he, you know, reached out in that way and just, you know, he could have just said yes or no. Oh, sure. Yeah, we guess we could do that on Sunday morning. Sure. But instead he just really blessed me to, to share like that my work that I was putting in has had helped him. And that, you know, and that's really, I mean, the vast majority of pastors more than money and financial support hearing that what they're doing is life-changing what they're doing matters uh that's the good stuff you know um, a few years ago i was uh i was sharing this with my youth group and i was just talking about how uh you, you know t getting in touch with those people that have blessed you 
getting in touch with with that Sunday school teacher or that that you know for me like that summer camp counselor and and so I, I started really being convicted about all the people within my life that had really been a blessing and touched me that I'd never gotten back to them and said, hey, thank you for sharing this. And so I started doing that, which was really cool. And it was really cool to hear their response. You know, uh, you know, some of them where it was like, hey, you shared this and it really changed my life. And they were like, I don't ever remember saying that. But hey, <laughs> praise the Lord, you know. But anyway. Um, this is a tricky one for pastors to, to preach on, right? Because it comes across, I mean, it could come across to the wrong listener, um, as self-serving, right? Hey, if you've got, you know, you should be sharing with me. I share the word, got a word of God with you, you should be sharing with me. Now, the thing is though, when we don't teach that, then we, then we rob, I think, are people of a blessing. We, we rob them with of the opportunity uh, and the encouragement to share with those who teach. So this is one I like to talk about. I like to talk about this now that I am no longer pastoring a church. I like talking about this, that, you know, things I used to say years ago before I was a pastor, I used to say things like, make sure your pastor lives better than you. Now, most pastors don't want to live better than you because one of the things about being a pastor that you may not realize is that uh, most pastors are pretty aware of the critiques yeah, that they um, are receiving for how for their life. You, you might not know this, but there are a lot of Christian pastors that are very visible because they're, you know, on the in the spotlight on television. And uh, some of them are charlatans. Some of them are just living high on the hog. It's not that they're living better than their congregation. They're living hundreds of times better. They're living in houses that are, are mansions to any average person. They own multiple, multiple, multiple cars, airplanes, etc. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking to support your pastor like that. I'm just saying that, well, I'll just give you some examples of things I've heard over the years. Uh, I was at a church and um, the pastor had bought a new truck. And... I heard people saying like, oh, I guess he's doing pretty well and bought his own truck, you know, making comments, derogatory con comments, because they realized like he just bought this truck that had to be, you know, probably, I don't know how many years ago, that was 20 years ago or so, but you know, a, a $30,000 truck, $35,000 truck. And people were making comments about it, about him buying this, you know, buying, oh, I wish I could afford a big furniture truck like that. And the thing that, that kind of bothered me about it was it was very critical of like how he he bought something extravagant when it wasn't extravagant. It was just a truck. I mean, it was new. But if you knew him, you'd know, hey, the last truck that he was driving was 20 years old and he'd been driving it for 20 years. You know, so this is truck number two. And, you know, how many cars have you bought in all that time? You know, who knows? You know, and, and sometimes... Um, sometimes there are people, and, and this was one of them, who was a good steward of what God had blessed him with. He took care of his things. He did not go deeply into debt. You know, he his house was paid for. And so even though he was on a, a salary that was minuscule, even at the time, he was able to work for that small amount of money because he had been wise previously 
and he could live off of that because his house was paid for. And even with that minuscule amount of money, he didn't do extravagant things. He didn't buy extravagant things. And so when he did go and buy a truck, he had the money to do it because he was wise in his lifestyle, not because he was fleecing the flock. You know, but the people in the church didn't even realize because the church at that time, uh, that particular church, um, was very short on finances to the point where oftentimes they weren't able to pay him. And most of the people in the church had no idea. They had no idea. The leadership in the church, for the most part, had no idea. The treasurer knew. And the treasurers were told... Um, by the pastor, pay the church bills first. You know, pay the pay the gas bill, pay the electric bill. You know, pay those bills first. Pay me last. That's what the pastor had told the the, um, the treasurer to do. And it was years later, years later, in a in an elders meeting, one of the one of the elders who was a new elder in the church, it just he said, he said, it has come to my attention that this church owes our pastors thousands of dollars. Like, I think it was like between the two of us, $10,000, you know, and, and he was like completely shocked by it because he had no clue because no one told him, you know, the pastors weren't saying, Hey, they're not paying us. You know, the congregation wasn't being told. They just didn't know. And, and the, the pastor was able to, you know, continue to live because he was a wise servant with his money. But it was a sad thing to me. And I remember one time getting up to, to preach at, at the church and, and dealing with um, some of those issues that people, um, the, the, the grumblings, right? Because the pastor wasn't in the office when they called. Oh, no one's in the office to answer the phone. Yeah. And people were saying things like, we pay a, we pay a part-time part-time pastor, full-time salary. I heard that about three times in a week, week's uh, span. And so the pastor was out of town and I was filling in and, and I just said, look, I hear people say things about, Oh, the pastor has a new truck. Yeah. After driving the old one until the wheels were falling off of it, he, his house was paid for because he's wise. He's wise in his money. He's wise in his investments. And he doesn't, he doesn't buy extravagant things. He buys a truck every 20 years. That's pretty much how it works. And here you're saying we pay a part-time pastor a full-time salary. His salary was nowhere near a full-time salary. He was being paid what I was being paid in 1998 working at a summer camp where I got to live and eat for free. He was making the same amount that I was at that job and he was pastoring a church and I, and, and I'm thinking, wait, you think that's a full-time salary? That's not a full-time salary. That's a part-time salary. And you think that he's, he's a part-time guy because he's not at the church 24 hours a day. No, because he's helping people. He's visiting people at the hospital. He's helping people move. He's helping people move their cows. You know, all this stuff. He's working six days a week. There's not a whole lot of full-time jobs that are 48 hours a week. And I remember sitting down with him one day, and he said to me, "I've been." He said, "I've been keeping track of the hours that I work." 
because I've been keeping track. So for the last week, I've been writing down every day the hours that I work. And I said, is that so that you can, so that if somebody brings it up, you can, you know, slam it down and go, nope, here's what I did. He goes, no, no. It's not for me to defend myself. It's I just want to make sure that, I just want to make sure I'm doing my job. You know, here when they heard, when they made the accusations, I'm thinking, you know, keep track of your hours so you can defend yourself. But he was thinking, what if it's true? What if they're real? What if they're right? What if I'm not doing enough? But he was doing enough. You know, so I told the church, like, if you think that's a part-time salary or a full-time salary, then whatever you're making that's over that, maybe you should give that away because that's not a full-time salary. That's a part-time salary. You're paying a full-time pastor a part-time salary. And not only that, if you think that's there's a big, this giant problem because the pastor is not at the church to answer the phone when you call, if you think the phone being answered is so important, then get your butt down to the church, sit in the office and answer the phone. Because I've done it. I've sat in that office for hours and hours and hours and hours. And the phone might ring once every other day. Really, that, that's what you want to pay him to do, is sit at the office and not answer the phone, but be there when you call? Ridiculous. Anyway, so I was telling you that. Oh, yeah. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Don't be critical of how your pastor spends their money. Now, if your pastor is living in a mansion and he has 14 sports cars and a private jet and he doesn't have his own business on the side, you might, you might be concerned about that. But it's so easy to judge. It's so easy to say, oh, look at the pastor's living in. Living in a way nicer house than the rest of his congregation. I used to do that. I used to be a pastor and I lived in a house that was nicer than most of my congregation. And it bothered me. It bothered me. Now, it didn't bother me as much as it would have if they were paying me because um, they were basically paying me, I think, $1,000 a month um, to pastor the church. So that's not a whole lot. So I was paying for the rest of it with uh, my own finances. So anyway, um, but it'd be really easy, you know, and it bothered me because I think, I thought, you know, people that don't know are going to think here, I'm at this church with a lot of people that are of a low income bracket. And they're going to be thinking, wow, he's getting, he's fleecing the flock. He's living in this great house while they're living in a trailer park. You know, he's living in a great house while they're living month to month. You know, so, you know, it's one of those things that as pastor, it bothered me because I, I knew how people, th I knew how people think. I know people do that. So why am I telling you all this? Well, he says, let him who's taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Hey, if your pastor is blessing you, man, throw some money in the stocking at Christmas time. You know, if you have, uh, if you've been blessed in some way where you have an abundance of something, you know, I, where I used to live, um, people would go hunting or they'd raise cattle and every year there were some, certain people that would give us a bunch of meat and we really appreciated it because you know what? They were sharing in all their good things with us. And that was pretty awesome. So something to consider, something Paul was teaching was let him who is taught, let him who's taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. God bless you. Talk to you next time.